Welcome to the Faces Podcast. We're a Christian and Muslim charity working to build resilience in faith communities against child sexual exploitation and other forms of harm. We'll be talking about what faith and interfaith work means to us and how we embed an inclusive and authentic approach throughout our work. Hello and welcome to our podcast. I'm joined uh, with by Peter, uh, one of the founders of Faces, and we're going to have a conversation um, about some of the news stories that have been doing the rounds, uh, in particular, Suzella Braverman um, and her comments on, on grooming um, by Pakistani gangs. And um, this statement was made um, just over a week ago. Um, there was a no, fierce uh, comments back um, because she was uh, claimed to speak, uh, you know, racist comments uh, into this, and um, she defended herself by saying it was plain truths and so on. But when uh, people looked into the stats, they couldn't find anything that backed up what she was saying. And um, on the whole, um, eighty, I think it's eighty-four percent of the perpetrators in, in grooming and gangs are white. And so it just seemed remarkable that she was picking on this area and. Um, Faces, um, which is the organization we're part of, um, actually put out a statement about this, um, which um, we we put out. And um, I was away at the time, but um, the statement um, is on grooming gangs comments made by the Home Secretary. And I'll just read out our statement because it helps put across uh, some of the viewpoints that are out there. Um, As a group of Muslim and Christian leaders, we came together and set up Faces Against Child Sexual Exploitation in 2016. We are committed to facing abuse where where it happens in our own faith communities, facing victims instead of turning away, and facing down harmful narratives that equate any faith or ethnicity with sexual abuse. So we are dismayed to see our Prime Minister and Home Secretary paint a narrow and misleading picture of the real issue of sexual abuse by focusing on grooming gangs and that they are made up primarily of Pakistani men. They are absolutely right to say that victims have been ignored and failed by authorities and that justice has rarely been served. It is a sad fact that this is true of all forms of abuse. Everywhere it happens, cultures of turning a blind eye should be addressed. But they are absolutely wrong to say that this is driven by political correctness. An independent inquiry on child sexual abuse and the testimony of 7,300 victims shows us conclusively that every institution, the family, sports clubs, faith groups, schools, etc. are sites where sexual abuse is perpetrated and in which victims have been ignored and let down. Furthermore, a Home Office report published in 2020 on group-based child sexual exploitation found the majority of offenders were white men under 30 and concluded it wasn't possible to know whether any particular ethnic group was disproportionately represented. Peter Wainless, chief executive of the NSPCC, today said, there must be a focus on more than just race, so we do not create new blind spots that prevent victims from being identified. The language of the Prime Minister and Home Secretary 
risks making it harder to see victims that don't fit a particular stereotype, including children from black and ethnic minority backgrounds. It is very likely to energize violence, racism, and Islamophobia. In her Daily Mail article, um, published on Friday, Braverman writes, Out of respect to victims, it is essential that we separate our response to the horror of grooming gangs from wider sexual abuse. And our response to the um, inquiry, and our response to the inquiry, we disagree out of respect for victims that we need to look, uh, that we need to link our horror at grooming, including those high profile trials where the perpetrators were Pakistani men, to our horror at the 84% of perpetrators of child sexual abuse who were white men. Genuinely, genuine concern for all victims of all sexual abuse would give equal political attention to all perpetrators, all victims, and focus on investing in, sex, in abuse prevention and victim care, not dog whistle politics. And that was written by uh, Lucy Moore on behalf of FACES. So, um, Peter, looking at this and um, the subject around it, that was a statement made by FACES. And I yep. think it's a very complete statement. Um, it says some very interesting things um, about the facts around this. Um, and when I was at school, I did uh, biology, and we were told that birds picked on different things they 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 spotted. If they saw um, snails with three stripes on them, they they picked those out until they were nearly all gone. Then they pick on another uh, pattern. And we had to look at the banding of the snails and compare that with years gone by on what was happening. I think the danger with um, child sexual abuse is people have a particular viewpoint in mind when looking at this, and that blinds them, uh, as the NSPCC uh, were saying there in that report, yeah. it blinds them to what else is happening. And I think the danger, um, apart from racism and 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 violence and all the other things that 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 this could feed, uh, I think the big danger is it blinds us to watching for child sexual exploitation in other areas. I don't know if you've got any comments on that. Yeah, I, I mean, we we, we as as that statement was clear, faces emerged in 2016 around some responses to this issue as well as other issues uh, as they touch faith communities. Um, we've, we've been hearing the stories of grooming gangs and the accusation against our Muslim friends that, um, you know, have been talking about it for some years and, 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 so we were very attentive to it, and there were a number of big cases came out around that time, and we were seeking to respond to them and develop a, a positive narrative between Christians and Muslims, where we showed, you know, real concern about these issues. Um, and and so we've been very attentive to this, and but on this occasion it seemed a bit to come out of left field. I mean, you know, it really does. It comes up every time there's a major case. And so you get the inevitable comment in the papers and so on. And write the individual cases you should pick out and understand what drives individual cases. But this was a generic response that seemed to come totally inappropriately. 
It seems to have come because back in early April, the government were responding to um, the call from the Independent Inquiry on Child Sex Sexual Abuse, ICSA, which gathered and over a number of years looked at sexual abuse in different contexts, including in faith communities, in, in the church. You know, we had sort of several major inquiry strands on the church, and that we won't talk about that now, but we were very attentive to it. And they finally produced their final report at the end of last year on the major themes that emerged through their individual inquiry strands. And one of the things that came out was on mandatory reporting of sexual abuse, that actually it was a duty of organisations, people in organisations to report whenever they had allegations made. And the government was responding this, to this, and back at the beginning of April, they, Rishi Sunak and Suella Braverman had an event with the NSPCC. You quoted the, the lead of the NSPCC. Um, they had an event, and they went up to speak. It was in Rotherham at one of their centres, Rotherham chosen because that was the centre of one of the so-called big alleged grooming gang situations. Um, and they made, Rishi Sudak made a key, keynote speech up there. It had been led into over the weekend by some state, some pieces on the Sunday television programmes that tend to happen, you know, the stuff that's going to come up in the next week. And suddenly out of left field on the Sunday and then in this particular speech at the NSPCC, we had Rishi Sunak and Suella Braverman launching into this and repeating these claims of sort of where they were, they were really meant to be talking about all child abuse. And the story that came out from them was focused on child abuse, child ex sexual exploitation taking place within a particular ethnic context and dimension, rather than the whole picture of, you know, trying to narrow down reporting on um, sexual exploitation, sexual abuse. And it really was, one, one, one had to ask why is our Home Secretary, why is our Prime Minister focusing down on this particular issue where actually they were meant to be speaking about a wider issue. And when you look at the the NSPCC, they were called about it was a bit, bit out of left field in a sense that that this was this was so much their focus. And we were we were similarly questioning, and we'd become used to the accusations for sure. But why was it coming up now? What was what was this about? And to be honest, one has to say. <sighs> that it felt like this was both individuals involved, the Prime Minister and the Home Secretary, continuing what was a, has been over the last few months, a regular pattern in their, uh, in their particular focus on the Muslim community and focusing down on that. And... As you, as you 
No, even this week, he hasn't gone away. Just even over this last few days, we've had another response. Shirley Braverman has been criticised for her responses to this, and she has kept coming back with more and more focus on it, uh, refusing to be wrong, refusing to be challenged that she's taken, you know, she's, she's talking up only one aspect of the story. And it's hard to get away from the fact that the government seem to be using this particular issue and this particular aspect of child sexual exploitation by grooming gangs of Pakistani men against white girls. We know those there have been incidents of that, for sure. But actually, as you quoted, as our press release stated, there were there the, the they are a, a small part of a much bigger picture. And exactly as you say, if we, the more we talk up that story, the more we look, if we hear sexual abuse, you, you think, ah, Pakistani men. I mean, we did it, we talked about this in a, in a podcast a few weeks ago where we looked at the, the spoof story that emerged out in uh, out of um, um, where was it up in the up in in the Lake District on the edge of the Lake District, in Barrow and Furness, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the spoof story emerged there during lockdown of a young woman who claimed to have been abused and the victim to be the victim of a Pakistani gang there. And as we've looked at this and followed this this narrative over the years, we've become aware that actually the more people focus down on this, the more we see, more people see it. As you said, you look for, for snails with three bands. Birds look for snails with three bands because that's food. Mm-hmm. And that's all they see. They look for them until they become extinct. And then, <laughs> then they start to look around for more food. And it really is a case of that, that, that actually... There are people who look for sexual abuse, look for sexual exploitation, and all they can see are Muslims as perpetrators. And that is just... It's so wrong. It's wrong purely because it means so many people get away with doing bad stuff who have not identified because they don't fit the model of the typical perpetrator that's out there. Yeah. But it also means our dear Muslim friends, and it's you and me talking here as Christian leaders, talking to about our colleagues, our, Christ, our Muslim colleagues are continually hounded by this narrative that makes it look like sexual abuse is core to their identity. And you and I know enough of them to say that is fundamentally untrue. But somehow or other, that narrative, and I say try and say this as advisedly as possible, as wisely as possible, that narrative has become a part of something that this government continue to perpetrate. And that is deeply troubling. It's yeah. troubling politically, but it is also particularly troubling because it means so many perpetrators of sexual abuse are missed and so many victims are missed 
because they don't fit the model. Yeah. And and I think um, you know, reading the independent report on on child abuse, and um, you know the seven thousand three hundred victims, and the report put those victims at the front of the report, which was really yeah. impressive. Um, but looking at that, I mean, hospitals scored higher than churches <laughs> for abuse, but you wouldn't believe that in the in the media. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's a lot of things in these narratives that actually looking at it as a whole, there's a need to break down some of these. It's it's as a Christian leader, I would say um, there, there's wrong in all societies in the in the heart of man. And and actually, that leads to things in all different societies. It's not um, one particular community or another particular community. It's in the heart of human beings. Absolutely. And and, Absolutely. and actually, that's where it needs dealing with. And and so our eyes need to stay open to things. I mean, it's like I went to Nigeria some years ago, and they said, you know, do you think we're terribly corrupt? And and actually, I said, no, I grew up somewhere more corrupt than Nigeria. And they said, why? I said, well, I grew up in a country with minority rule, white rule. And, and actually, that had got to a governmental level of corruption, if you like, if you want to view it that way. Um, it had got beyond um, some of the other. And, and so I think that corruption is in every part of society, but also so is abuse. And, and that's something to keep our eyes open on. And uh, I think with this... And that's where it's particularly unhelpful. Um, my involvement with law enforcement and things like that has has taught me to be on the lookout for organized criminal gangs. And every country on earth has organized criminal gangs in it. It's in the heart of human beings. Um, it's in loads and loads of settings. And um, I think this is more to blame for some of these abuse situations than than trying to blame it on a, a race or a, or gangs or or those kind of things. It's these organized criminal activities that hide a lot of this and do a lot of trafficking um and and have systems in place to do that with drugs, with all the different things they try and sell and and including people. And so so the, a lot of this that goes on, I think is is linked into much bigger picture. And and therefore, to try and uh, focus on one area, uh, I feel is a little bit disproportionate um, and, and blinds our eyes to other things. Let's be clear, wherever this occurs, wherever child abuse occurs, we oppose it. We oppose it. Yeah. If it takes place within a church and you as a church leader, I as a senior leader in the church context, are very attentive to that. If it happens in a football club, if it happens in a classroom, if it happens wherever, it needs to be reported, and that's the focus. Yeah. There, is, there can be no reason why it's not reported. Fear of upsetting somebody else, fear of leadership, fear of structures, fear of upsetting a community cohesion, community relations. Yes, these things need to be handled wisely, but that's why you take the racial element out of it. So you're handling it as, you know, everybody in the community seeking to ensure that everybody in the community is safe. You're not letting somebody escape 
because they are of one particular ethnicity. So we need to be sure that we address these issues, but we need to be sure that we do it wisely. Yeah. And that's what that the whole mandatory reporting piece is about. That actually there you have as a church leader, you have no special wisdom that allows you to let somebody off just because they're one of your church members. Absolutely. And to shush it up. Yeah. The police cannot do that. Social workers cannot do it based upon the victim being somebody of a different ethnicity or whatever, or the, the perpetrator being somebody of a different ethnicity. There is absolutely no reason. And those are points that Suella Braverman made, the Prime Minister made. Yes, every case should be narrowed down, should be attended to and brought to prosecution as far as it is possible. And no stone should be left yeah. unturned for doing that. But as soon as you begin to try and say, this is what sexual exploitation, this is what sexual abuse looks like, and narrow it down, you will have failed somebody. Um, and so we just need to have structures. And, you know, I mean... Part of our training as faces, as we know, is teaching faith leaders to be attentive to what this looks like. Another part of our training is to identify the stereotypes and views that go around our, our view of, of difference. And so, you know, we, we work with police officers to help them understand that actually what what how when you look at people differently how you tend to, to, it tends to be that you attribute in your mind that difference equals wrong. <laughs> that because somebody is different to me, they are wrong. Because somebody's the same as me, they're right. If they're different to me, they are, they may be more likely to be doing wrong. And then, and, and, and actually, we need to deal with our own attitudes to, to race, our own attitudes to difference, our own attitudes to, to the differences in our culture and in our, in our society that mean that we see those differences as the place where problems occur. Mm -hmm. Problems do not occur because you are a different colour, a different faith, a different profession or anything. They occur because you are a human being who, in our Christian theology, we would say has harboured sin, has developed a sinful pattern of life that means they become abusive towards, towards somebody. Yeah. Um, and, and that is what you and I as... As Christians, and I, we know very well that our Muslim colleagues would do exactly the same, their, their faith is about seeking people to live God-fearing, holy lives that, that look upon the whole of humanity as worthy of honour and dignity and not subject subjects of abuse yeah um so i think um i've listened to a podcast by baroness wazi and some of the things she was saying about these statements by the home office 
um, and she's from a Muslim background. <laughs> yeah. um, but her her statements were that she was really. She said, you know, someone said, oh, "Are you just picking on her?" You know, as a as a woman of color, <laughs> and so on. And she's saying, actually. I hesitate to do that. Actually, I'm probably, you know, I know what it feels like to be a a, 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 a woman um, having to do with deal with misogyny and having to deal with racism um, in these settings. So she said she's even more hesitant to bring these things up. But her comments were very, very strong um, into this uh, arena and in, in actually saying, you know, that, that they were racist. And she was saying in the podcast, um, she'll call racism out anywhere she sees it. Um, but what the podcast was saying, and you can find it on the BBC um, podcasts, um, but the, it was saying basically that she um, says, you know, we need to call this out, even even when it's not just a white racism, it, it's other race. We need to call that out everywhere. Yep. And I thought that was a very interesting statement. You don't often see that um, in in media. Um, and 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 actually, I think, but her gentle response, not not attacking her as a person, but attacking what she said. And I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, and and as have many other people in the community come out with statements and other organizations have as well, including the um, NSPCC as well. Um, but there's statements into these arenas. And I think um, it's just walking some of this territory out um, and and actually, you know, I, th- I think the sad thing from this is I think there will be people um, who will use this for their own ends. And I think that's the danger point in a lot of this. Not only do, can abuse be missed because people are looking in the wrong areas um, and not recognizing it could be on their own doorstep, um, but but actually um, it, it's the way that that's used by people who want to use that politically or to use that for their own ends. And I think that's the danger point, isn't it, with a lot of these statements? And we know very well that this, the fear of, Asylum seekers, the fear of refugees, fear attached to them and therefore to the places where where the government is locating them at this present time, the hotels and so on, has often meant that there is opposition to those places attracted by groups in our society, whether it's in a community, like we faced recently in Dunstable or, or, you know, in hotels up in Liverpool or wherever, um, that actually leafleting outside those hotels, telling people to beware of, of, of sex offenders and so on, has, has resulted in huge opposition to um, to people who are coming and seeking help and sanctuary in this country and making those places extremely unsafe for yeah. them. Um, and that's something we deeply regret. And again, it comes because of this narrative of, you know, if you're Muslim, you're a Muslim-looking young man, you're a sexual aggressor, and that's what I expect of you. Yeah. And when you start looking for it, you 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 will find it somehow. Yeah. Or you will, or you will fabricate it, quite frankly. And there are many cases of fabrication yeah. of stories. Yeah, I think the last time something something like this came up, there were um, there was a Sikh gentleman assaulted in in London by just absolute ignorance. Yeah. Um, and and there's there's some of these kind of settings where 
this ignorance um, is, is is something we really need to break down and get to know people who are different to us. Yeah. It, it's a it's a remarkable experience. I I find um, very often um, you find the situations where you get to know someone. You learn so much about yourself through the process, as well as learning about them um, and and what the, what they you know getting to know them. And I think that the more we break down barriers around us, the better society is as a result. Absolutely. Yeah. But thank you, Peter. And good, uh, good to be with you and talking to everyone. Yeah, and yeah, thank you.